On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. To Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson. A Springer Dinger sends us into your Monday morning podcast today. Matt Robinson with you in our TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Hope you're uh, you're well into your Monday, enjoying that commute, whatever you got going on. Maybe you're on uh, summer holidays. I'm going to get to that in a second because I'm on the road to mine here uh, very, very shortly. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. As I sit here right now on Sunday evening, I uh, guess it is evening by the time that Blue Jays game finished, uh, I thought this show was going to look a lot different on a few different fronts. As, uh, as I was getting ready to do it, I'm making some notes, uh, putting together some things that I want to touch on, things I want to speak to you good people about, and the Jays are getting just trounced. It's like 7-2... And then it looks like maybe they're going to creak their way back into it. But then it's, you know, so they get to like six or seven, four, whatever it is, eight, four, and they get to like eight, six in the eighth inning. And then uh, seventh inning, I guess, man, a couple of horrible base running calves. I'm just, you know, fuck this. I'm done with this game. So yeah, your, your nose down, you're getting things ready in the studio. And, and before you know it, uh, the eighth inning rolls around George Springer, as you heard off the top electrifies the 15,000 strong at the Sky Dome with a three-run home run to uh, to grab the lead. And all of a sudden, Grumpy Matt kind of... I, I don't want to go as far as to say it turns into Friendly Matt. The, the Friendly Matt's not really a thing that, that, that exists too often. There's no happy-go-lucky Matt. There's no gleeful Matt. Um, but we avoided Grumpy Matt, who was, uh, who was the, uh, the person that was coming in here uh, at some point. So... Um, yeah, it, it, hell of a way to finish the weekend. They take three out of four from the Boston Red Sox and, and we'll talk about the Blue Jays in a couple of minutes here. Uh, we got a 
craft beer thing or two to get into. I got a Sportsnet note or two I want to talk to you about. Hell of a finish to the Olympic Games. We got lots going on. That voice there that you heard bringing us in, as she so often does, that is Canadian Paralympian Amy Burke. And by the time you are listening to this, she is on her way to Tokyo uh, to get ready for the Paralympic Games. Um, they're going to try and run that thing out just like they did with the Olympics and, and we'll see how it goes, but certainly we wish her well as well as uh, she's been on the show a couple of times. And like I've said a couple of times, we may try and slide one more of those in. We're not really sure what her schedule is going to look like over there. Uh, there's a hell of a time difference, about 13 hours. Um, so we're going to try, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, at the time that we're speaking now, that's underway. I know most of you guys who, who've listened for a long time know her. So she is on on a flight as we speak to uh, to Tokyo on uh, a Monday morning, so good luck to her. Uh, on this day, in 1987, a song from the Joshua Tree by U2 hits number one in the charts, on the charts, for the first time, and it seems to fit very nicely right now as I, I sit here and, and fire up today's episode uh, I'm, I'm giving you a second here to kick it around. What song it might be August 8th, uh, as I sit here ninth by the time you listen from the Joshua tree by you two, the song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Big hit. I was a little surprised to see only lasted two weeks at number one, uh, before it was taken down by, uh, I didn't really do enough research by, by, by a different song. I, I have no idea. Um, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. By you too. And as I sit here right now, you've probably noticed I've been unable to find what I'm looking for in the form of a co-host today. Um, we thought it was a possibility, probability, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, that Rob would be back on the show today uh, after a couple weeks away on vacation. But many of you will remember that just before he left, we were having some, some technical difficulties out on his end. I don't know what's happening there. There's something going on on his computer uh, that's not letting him into our recording software. Um, so I think the last time he was on, it was actually by phone and I don't want it, to, it's a podcast guys. I, I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's particularly demanding or, you know, there, there's, there's harder jobs out there. There's harder things to, to do out there or whatever. But when you're just, you know, we hold ourselves to a certain standard around here and we've worked very hard to get our audio quality to a certain point. And when you're just bringing people on by phone, it's just not the same, right? And, and you guys have heard enough of them over the last however long that we've been doing these now remotely and, and not able to get in studio like we want. The sound quality is not quite the same, but even to get it to that point requires a lot of work, right? There's a lot of polishing and editing and in and, and post-production and, and stuff like that. So the phone call thing is not ideal. And I think that's what we did the last time Rob was on. And that was for his usual Monday slot. Um, and then he was still around for a week. So we tried a couple times throughout the week to get him up and going. And it was a no-go. Whatever's happening there on his computer. Because we've used the same recording software since then. Uh, Michaela's been on a, as per usual and, and Hoffley and, and a couple other guests and, and stuff here and there. So... The software is still working here on the studio end and we've been in touch with the, the people who, who run it, like their support team and, and whatever else. And they're kind of shrugging their shoulders like, well, I don't know what to tell you if it's working for you and your other guests, it's obviously on the computer end. And so we've, we've been working through that 
and it just didn't get there. Uh, Rob got back from vacation on Saturday and, uh, it hadn't fixed itself and then he tried a couple things today and it was no better. So I'm sitting here, uh, riding solo again. Um, we'll see what happens, uh, hopefully by next week. Maybe the support team will have come up with something. Maybe we'll have figured something out on his computer. I'm, I'm not really quite sure what that's going to look like. I'm not really sure how we get out of this. I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, we're not too far off from just getting back to doing them in studio, which will render all of this irrelevant. But uh, we're not there quite yet. So it's just me today, guys. Riding solo. It's me and you. Let's talk. Uh, we've gotten far enough into this. Uh, the thing to do at this point in the show... Uh, probably earlier in the show, I probably should have, is uh, it's time for a beer. Um, that's what we do around here. And I, I don't love this in the sense that there's no one in my headphones that I'm talking to. There's no one across the table. You're just kind of sitting here drinking alone. But but for the show, I'll do this for you guys, right? Like I, I wouldn't want to let you down. So I'm going to have a pint while we sit here and talk about uh, what's going on here over the last couple of days. So today we are going with something out of the uh, Nickelbrook Brewing Company. Had a few things from there before. Uh, usually enjoy it, to be honest with you. They make some nice stuff. They're down in uh, in Burlington. This is called No Bad Days. And uh, as I said off the top of the show, I thought I was going to have a bad day coming in here. Um, but it has turned into a good day on the back of that uh, that blue... It's funny the way, you know, a split over four games with the Red Sox versus taking three out of four can, can change your mood and how important that could be down the stretch. Uh, so this is the No Bad Days, and I should point out as I look at this again, it's D-A-Z-E, not D-A-Y-S. It's very clever, No Bad Days. Um, I don't know what that, but uh, it also says here, No Bad Days with Lime. And Lime, not really my thing usually, but uh, you know what you're getting into when you grab a pint like this, you're not going to take it out on them. If, if if you buy a lime beer and then go, I don't like lime, so I don't like this beer, that's kind of on you, right? You, you got to know going in that, that that's what it's offering up and it's not really fair to take it out on the brewery. But uh, And so I wasn't sure getting into it whether I was going to dig this one or not. The lime's pretty tame, which um, I guess, you know, maybe I'm a little hypocritical here because we've talked plenty of times on the show about, you know, my stance that if your beer says it's with maple or it's smoked or it's whatever with lime, you better bring it. I don't want hints of this. I want you to actually hit me with whatever it is you got going on, but because I'm not a big lime guy, I'm fine that this is fairly tame. <laughs> it's a, it's just a hint of lime. It's just kind of a, a it's a nice crisp lager is really all it is with just a little bit of, of lime to it. Uh, it's pretty nice. I think, um, man, it's like 30 degrees as we're sitting here in Ottawa right now. And, uh, something like this on a day like this, especially if you're going to be outside instead of sitting here in the studio, talking to yourself into a microphone, um, you'd probably enjoy. So, uh, this is the no bad days. It's a 4.3%. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, if you're into Nickelbrook, um, not a bad, uh, not a bad pint so far as I'm sitting here, I, I I'm looking out the window here behind me and it's actually just a tiny little hole in a window because we can't have the, uh, the street sounds bleeding through. So it's all. We've got it kind of packed with, um, uh, with insulation, right? So that the sound doesn't bleed through. And then we've covered the insulation with, uh, some TCA decorating. A lot of you will have seen the, uh, the pictures either on Twitter or Instagram before, uh, at tall can audio. If you haven't, you can check stuff out there and highly recommend that you do. 
Uh, but there's a little hole in the bottom so that you can get some fresh air in and, and crank it open or whatever. And, and so when it's still pretty nice out, the sun comes beating through. Um, and that's where we're at today. It's hot. And as I look ahead here in Ottawa, it says feels like 40 degrees on Monday and Tuesday. And to hell with that. Um, it's going to be 31, 32, thunderstorms feel like 40 degrees. I've referenced this a little bit online and in an earlier show or two, I think. I'm out of here, guys. I am blowing this popsicle stand right after this show. Uh, this will be, well, not right after the show, but this will be the last show recorded in the studio for a little while. Now, I should say, doesn't necessarily mean the show is going to shut down. Uh, it does mean I'm going to work a lot less hard to track down weekly guests uh, and extra things like that. But we won't shut things right down. Um, Michaela will still be here on Thursday morning. Hopefully Rob will still be here Monday morning. There will be a week at some point in August where I am just going to put my feet up. As I referenced earlier, um, when you try not to overstate what it is you're doing here, putting out a podcast, there's a lot of people who do it a lot of different ways, but we put a lot of work into this to get it sounding good and, and you know, the post-production and all these sorts of things. But there's also, you know, in the dead of August, if it's not the Blue Jays, it's not easy to come up with with topics, right? The the hockey free agency stuff is done. The NBA free agency stuff is done. Um, you know, the CFL is up and running. We're going to talk about that in a minute or two. Uh, so there'll be a little bit of that. There'll be a little bit of baseball. The Paralympics will fire up. I'm obviously going to be uh, wanting to touch a little bit on that as we get closer. But the you know, the steady flow of there being just constantly stuff to talk about dries up a little bit. And, and so when you're not wanting to constantly search for guests and search for topics and do post-production and the editing stuff that comes with it, um, you know, it it might be not a bad time for me to give myself a week or two here, uh, and just chill out, just chill out. Cause you do get a little bit, a little bit spent chasing people around, right? And, and you know, trying to get organized and trying to get topics and, and you know, energy. There are days where you don't feel like, you know, getting on a microphone and, and talking and, and trying to sound like everything's great. Everybody's tired, right? This has been hard, hard on everybody the last year or so that we've been through. And, and some days you just would rather, you know, sit there and, and kind of do your own thing. So there will be a point at somewhere in August. We'll let you know when it's coming. Um, but there will be a point where we'll take a week or so off, but, uh, yeah, in the rest of the month, I'll be doing it from, uh, from up at the lake. Like I said, this will be the last show done here in the studio on uh, Monday. I am going to hit the road towards the Kawarthas and I will post up right there for the better part of a month. Um, probably return to Ottawa here around Labor Day. Um, so I'm taking a, enough gear with me that, that we'll be able to, uh, to do the show from there when, uh, when we need to, but yeah, the, as far as things go here in the studio, uh, this is the last one for a little while. And as I sit here and see 40 degrees on the agenda on Monday, on Tuesday, on Monday, and I'm, I'm scrolling further and further ahead as I do this, every one of those days where it says it's going to be 40 degrees and ridiculously humid, also calling for thunderstorms, which of course part and parcel with the humidity at that level, right? All the way through to Saturday, my entire first week, ungodly hot and calling for rain and thunderstorms every day. And you're like, this is, I can't imagine we'll get them every day, but that's the forecast is, 
is the first several days that I'm, I'm going to be out and, and sitting at the lake. Uh, I may be sitting behind the sliding glass door, looking at it through a pile of <laughs> rain and, and thunderclouds, but I'm looking forward to it guys. I, I haven't had a chance to do it in, in a while. Um, and, uh, you know, last summer really didn't get much of a chance with COVID being what it was and my situation being what it was and everybody going through what they were. I didn't really give myself that sort of, um, you know, extended break or time to just disappear and, and hang out for a while. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing it. I grew up in the Kawartha as, you know, every weekend we'd be boating or cottaging or camping or something. And, um, you know, to have a chance to, to still, you know, uh, be lucky enough to to be able to go and do that still now as an adult and just, man, just chill out and, you know, every night be sitting watching the water or, um, you know, having the ball game on in the background while you're just kind of chilling out and, you know, around the fire or barbecuing or whatever it might be. I can't wait to get the hell back to it and uh, just get out of the city for a couple weeks and just lay low a little bit. So that's what's coming up for me. It may mean a, uh, a lower presence on Twitter as well, which would be good for you and good for me. Um, and, uh, slightly less frequent shows, but we're still going to shoot for, uh, for one or two a week, except for whenever we decide to, to just, you know, put it on the back burner for, for one week at some point here in August. So we'll keep you posted on all of that, but this is the, uh, the last studio show for a month or so. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be MacGyvering something together up at the lake to, to do them remotely again from there. Um, but I can't wait. It'll be, uh, a nice change, kind of refreshing. We could all use that, right? Uh, the, uh, the no bad days here is going down just like a logger, barely even noticed the, uh, the lime. So, uh, pretty good there. Why don't we start with, man, there's a few places we could go. The, uh, the Blue Jays take three or four from Boston. As I mentioned there, CFL has its first weekend. That was great to see those guys back, but I think I'm going to take us all the way back to start here. Uh, to Friday morning and, uh, Michaela and I spoke about this on the Thursday morning show. That would have been episode 863 and the, uh, the women's gold medal game. There was talk. It was going to be played. Uh, I'm just going to feed it to you here in Eastern time. Cause I don't know what's going on in Japan and what it all means. It was going to be played at 10 PM Eastern time. And that's right in my wheelhouse, right? That I'm watching sports at night anyway. Would have loved to have seen it then. I was terrified as they pushed to move the game. Um, you know, I, I understood that the middle of the day in Tokyo, it has been ungodly hot there as well. Uh, still is, you could see, uh, during the closing ceremonies there on Sunday morning here, the, the, the outfit that Amy and I talked about on one of the earlier episodes had a jean jacket and it's like 40 degrees, like whether or not the outfit was cool or not. And, and we poked fun at it a little bit. It was kind of a Degrassi vibe to it kind of a throwback Canadian thing it's 40 degrees nobody wants to be wearing a denim jacket and this wasn't particularly well thought through um, for the closing ceremonies and they're very strict about it once you're sitting down like once you get in and you're kind of part of it you're allowed if you want to take the jacket off or certain pieces jacket off yeah sorry (laughs) you're allowed to you're allowed to whatever sometimes there's a pullover sometimes there's a hoodie sometimes but it's part of a uniform when you march and so you're not allowed to change it you're not allowed to remove items that are making you uncomfortable it's part of a uniform and you march in looking the same 
And so to think in this ungodly heat, they were wearing jackets, um, maybe wasn't the best plan, but that was going to be the problem for the women's soccer team. It was going to be played uh, at 11 a.m., this gold medal match. And the Swedes were the first one to go, hey, any chance we could like push this back a little? And the Canadians got on board and supported their application to do so. So the game goes on at 9 p.m. in Tokyo, which is 8 a.m. Friday morning Eastern time in Canada. And so I checked this thing out. This is the first soccer game probably since London 2012 that I watched start to finish. And I was hooked, honestly. And the Swedes were carrying the play almost the entire time. The first half, for sure. Um, You know, Canada had a couple opportunities. And in the second half, Canada was better, uh, especially early in the second half. But the opportunities, the shots, everything by the time, you know, the game ended, favored the Swedes. And, And sometimes that's how... Sometimes that's how sports goes, right? Like we've seen it enough times. Maybe the closest comparison and the easiest one that we always lean on is hockey, right? How many times have you seen a great Canadian hockey team getting just stymied by a goalie or, you know, absolutely carrying the play and getting all the shots and all the opportunities, but it's just not going in. Uh, That's sort of what this was like in reverse for us, right? Like that's what the Swedes were feeling was, man, we should have broken through by now. So, So they do get one. And in the second half, um, Jesse Fleming, again, buries a penalty kick. Like, just incredible, the Olympics that this woman had. And I don't want to break down the whole game. It's been a few days. You've all seen it by now. If you wanted to see it, you would have seen it. Um, But the penalty kicks, guys, was as stressed as I've been over anything in sports. I went from this thing where... I was like, as they were trying to determine exactly what time the gold medal game was going to be played at, I was like, if they play this at 4 a.m. Eastern, I'm not getting up. Like, I wish them well, but I'm not getting up for that. I just, I'm not enough of a soccer fan for that. I'm not enough of a patriot for that, I guess. I just wouldn't. But if it's at like 7 or 8 in the morning or something, yeah, I'll check it out and whatever. And as it's going on, I'm getting more and more compelled. By the end of this game... I was life and death with this team. It went from, yeah, I'll check it out, to, oh my God, if they don't win, I'll die. Like, And so we get to penalty kicks, and the Swedes miss their first one. I think it was off the post, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. And Canada scores on their first, and you're like, oh my God, they're going to do this. They're going to friggin' do this, because we've, you know, you know enough about, um, you know, penalty kicks in, in soccer you don't make saves. If somebody misses, that's huge. You're going to ride the rest of the way and win. And that's what it looked like. And then all of a sudden, the Swedes score three in a row and we missed. And you're like, oh, I guess we suck. <laughs> like, I guess we lose. We're we're going to... The roller coaster that this... It couldn't have been more than like eight minutes that the penalty kicks took. Um, the roller coaster that we went on and then having to have Stephanie Labe make that final save. And then we get uh, Caruso there to, to score the winner. I I was as stressed. I was as pu- bigger than any of the last like Leafs game sevens, anything like that. I was so pumped for these girls to have this opportunity. I was so engaged. I'm standing up in my living room with my hands on my head, like just stressed out. And the yell I let out at, what was it, like 
1030 in the morning by the time this happened. I, I don't, I, it was like one of those pure joy sports moments that we all, this is the reason you watch sports is, is for moments like that. Right. And, and there's all the stories that go into it. The, there's what Stephanie Labe did in that shootout with her performance, not just in terms of the saves she made, but like the smile on her face and she's jumping up and down and she's getting in the shooter's heads. Um, incredible. So Christine Sinclair, this legend for team Canada. And there's, there's a reasonable chance. We don't know for sure what's going to happen. There's a reasonable chance though. This is her last Olympic games and she leads all of FIFA in international scoring, uh, you know, more goals than anyone has ever scored internationally for any country in the men's or women's side. And she gets her gold medal. There's the, the, the ice running through the veins of Jesse Fleming to bury so many of these penalty kicks through the, the tournament itself. This was a hell of a ride. And at the end of the day, we find out that it's 4.4 million people watched this game. That's more than watched any of the Stanley Cup final games. And that didn't include streaming. This is just on CBC. At 8 o'clock in the morning... This isn't like you come home and you watch your Blue Jays or your whatever and it's after dinner and it's 7 o'clock and you're flipping around on TV anyway. This was appointment viewing. You had to go out of your way to find this at 8 o'clock in the morning and at least 4.4, and it'll be more when the streaming number comes in, but at least 4.4 million Canadians still watched that game. That is incredible. Incredible. And so... I was as hooked as anybody as the game went on. Um, I was not leaving, not moving once we were into extra time and the penalty kicks. Um, Just an unbelievable effort by that Canadian women's team. And, you know, I've seen people trying to poke holes in it that they hadn't scored at even strength. All their goals came either in, in penalty kicks or, you know, you know, penalty shots. Um, Who cares? Stay in the fight, right? Defend well, be tenacious, stick around, and wait for your opportunity to present itself. And that's what this team did so well. They defended unbelievably well, uh, especially in that gold medal game while they were under attack for long, long periods of time in that, that first half. They hung with it. They defended well. And you just wait, and you just wait, and you just wait, and you know you're going to get your opportunity, and don't miss it when you do. And they didn't. They didn't miss it. They stayed in the fight, waited for their chances, and ended up on top of the podium. It was incredible. Uh, and that 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 shootout, I, I, I know that's not what they call it in soccer, whatever. Sorry, I'm a hockey guy. Those penalty kicks were as stressful as anything I've seen in sport in a very, very long time. And it was so much fun to watch. It was so much fun to see them win. Um, Major tip of the cap from over here. Absolutely loved it. What's next? Man, we're going to keep blowing through things here. Um, Lots going on. CFL underway uh, from Thursday through Saturday. They got four games in the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, We're the only team not to play this weekend. They had the bye week. Uh, Ottawa has the bye week in week two. They'll have some stuff to work on there. It was so awesome to see the CFL back at it this week. Um, After last year, there was genuine concern 
the league would not survive, right? And that's why we started to see the XFL merger talk. That's why we started to see talk about, you know, the future of the Canadian game and what adaptations you might have to make and how you might have to change because this maybe just isn't working anymore. And after all of that, to weather that storm and to get yourself back on the field with the kind of excitement that we saw throughout week one was amazing. And we all knew this was coming. I don't think it's gotten a ton of media attention. Maybe I shouldn't say we all knew it was. It's a very West heavy schedule to start. And if you remember, you go back a couple of weeks, the West was open more than, than certainly more than Ontario. And it did kind of look like the West maybe had COVID under control better than Ontario. Um, you know, at the time they were doing up the schedule, Ontario was one of the last places to kind of get it under control. And, and we can argue now about whether any of these provinces have it under control with the new Delta variant and, and whatever. But at the time, it seemed smart. Toronto and Ottawa will play out West in week one. And in week two, you know, Montreal and Hamilton will join them out there or whatever. We don't, let's not play in Ontario until we have to, right? Let's get a couple weeks in. And at the time that they were making the schedule, the idea was a little bit longer to talk the government into this, a little bit longer to get the cases back down where we want them to be, a little bit longer to get these stadiums opened up and to be able to have crowds. Um, but at West, they'd already signed off on it. Sure. Saskatchewan, Alberta, we're, we're going full stadiums. No problem. Play all your games here for all we care. So the league rightfully so goes, well, we're going to start out West then. So that was very noticeable, uh, through the first week, right? You got Hamilton in Winnipeg, you got Toronto in Calgary and Ottawa in, uh, in Edmonton. So a lot of, you know, a couple late games there, people complaining about, um, it will even out as the schedule moves on, but, but that was very noticeable early on was that everything was out West. Um, I thought it was sort of notable that Hamilton for all this talk that, that AJ and I had that, that so many experts had had, uh, you know, Hamilton was going to be the class of the league or at least the class of the East. Uh, they sort of found their game as it went on, but they didn't look like a powerhouse. Um, I don't think to anybody, uh, when they started the season on Thursday night, uh, the other game of course has stood out to me and that I was most interested in was Ottawa versus Edmonton on Saturday. And that for a long time was a bit of a dog's breakfast of a game. Um, and that happens sometimes in the CFL, but you really don't want it happening in week one after a year away. Um, Ottawa wins that game without an offensive touchdown. The only major they put up comes on a pick six by the defense that goes back like a hundred yards to score and, and, you know, give them the lead late. And even then they almost managed to give it, but, but other than that, it's, it's all field goals, right? It, it, that's all we were seeing in that game. And I have a hard time. I'm trying to decide whether both these defenses played really good or was the offense just not good at all, right? Was it just kind of out of sync and, um, I think Ottawa's defense was really good and Ottawa's offense was not so good. And maybe I'm being unfair to Edmonton's defense, which was unquestionably like they played well when you hold someone in check like that. But Ottawa's defense was making big plays right on, 
on Trevor Harris. There was three interceptions. Like I said, one of them leads to that major that ends up winning them the game in the end. They're flying around and making big plays at the end. Um, Edmonton's defense wasn't so great in the backfield, but they were pounding through that offensive line. And I think it was five or six times that they got to the quarterback and and, uh, Matt Nichols went down. So their defense was great up front. right? But Nichols, man, it was like, I think it was 12 completions for 70 some odd yards. Man, like brutal to watch. And if that defense isn't downright heroic, um, you're, you're not one and Oh. And so it was sort of a weird game to watch. Like you're, you're thrilled to see it back. You're so pumped. And then you're like, Oh, we're just going to spend all night trading field goals. And, you know, it sort of took the the air out of your sails a little bit, and it comes back. You end up excited again, at least as an Ottawa fan, when you get that pick six, run it all the way back, and 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 get that done, and then make that huge play at the end to get the win. Um, you end up excited at the end, but it wasn't a fun game to watch. And there's points where you sort of scratch your head and go, "This is the thing I missed so much, eh?" Like, I'm not really sure what it was that I thought I was missing out on, but. I mean, it's one game. Um, Ottawa's going to go back now. They have a bye week here. They're obviously going to go back to the drawing board here on offense. And Paul Lapelis is a, is a genius offensively in the CFL. So I do believe they'll figure this out. There's been a, it's, it's a new quarterback. It's a new bunch of guys. I do believe they'll be better. I'm not sure about the offensive line right now. That was really concerning. I'm not sure if they're going to get better. But I think the playmakers will be better. Um at least I hope so. And and Matt Nichols said after the game, you know, shoulder feels okay. And that was supposed to be the concern. Um, he did have surgery on it. They didn't give him a ton of of reps, you know, with the the main squad during training camp. So there was some concern. They didn't really ask him to air it out too many times. So I don't know what the arm strength is like. But he said after the game, it felt okay. So maybe... Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Ottawa and, and their fans are just hoping. I know I am. I'm just hoping it's rust. I'm hoping it's getting to know you a little bit, right, with this new offensive coordinator and, and, and offensive scheme, um, you know, for some of these guys and, and who've never played together before. But it wasn't encouraging in week one to see what they did offensively. The defense and the special teams, though, were everything that they were sold to be, and that's why they ended up uh, getting the win. So, so they get it done there. But I mean, either way, fantastic to see the CFL back on the field out West. I'm still, man, some of these crowd sizes and stuff, it still makes me nervous to look at, but people look like they're having a good time. So I don't know. Power to you, I guess. What's next? Uh, Where are we going? Where's my phone? My notes on it here. And I still haven't found. What I'm look oh there it is. Looking for uh Blue Jays. Nine and two coming out of uh, an eleven game homestand. Uh one loss to Boston, one loss to Cleveland, a sweep of Kansas City, and they made up one game on Tampa Bay in the division. One game on uh Oakland in the wild card. Man, is that frustrating. That's about as good as you're gonna do over an eleven game stretch, and yet you barely made up any ground. This division is hard. 
it's even harder on the wild card side when Oakland gets to just keep playing the Texas Rangers and pounding them into oblivion. Um, great run, right? Not a bad run at home. The the double header on Saturday, not particularly enjoyable to watch. Not a lot of offense there. Uh, you stay patient in that first game, and Marcus Simeon walks it off. Um, you know, in the the bottom of the seventh. Uh, they are just seven inning games there in the double header. So he gets you the first win that one nothing. Uh the second game though, again, really low scoring, not a lot going on. And the 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 game I, I referenced off the top here on Sunday didn't look like it was gonna go much better. I mentioned on Twitter at Tall Can Audio, follow along, um, that I thought I, I think I called it ace shit. Uh, earlier in the week when it was reported that Yunjin Ryu had asked to pitch on Sunday. Now for context there, most starting pitchers go on five days rest, right? That's how this works. Four days rest, excuse me. Pitch every fifth day. There's an increasing number of instances of pieces of evidence, of suggestions that Ryu is better every sixth day. And we've seen it a bunch of times and, you know, it, it's a concern in the playoffs, but normally during the regular season with some off days and a spot start here and there, you can usually accommodate it without it meaning too much disruption to anybody else. And usually you just do it because why not? And like I said, with those off days falling in there, you usually don't even notice, right? You stay on turn, all five of your guys go and it just ends up being every sixth day. Blue Jays have had a bunch of double headers and they have more to come, which has stopped that from being a thing. So Ryu, in theory, uh, with a day off on Monday, would have pitched in Anaheim on Tuesday. And he went to the manager, he went to the team and said, no, this Boston series is big. I'll go on uh, on my fifth day, right? Four days rest. I want to face Boston. And at the time I'm like, fuck yeah. Good for you, man. Like, you're the ace. You're the guy being paid the money. You should step up. You should want to face Boston in the end of that series and see if you can help close this out and and narrow that gap, right? Help reel that team in. And then it it didn't go very good. I think he went like four innings. Um I don't I know he didn't get out of the fourth. So, you know, that's a concern given how long you've locked him up for. Uh, he has been very good for the most part this season with a couple of exceptions, but this looked like a guy that maybe would have been better with the extra day's rest, especially when you then consider also uh, the off day would have given him even a little more. You know, when you have the injury history that he does and for whatever reason he seems to go better on, on five days rest, maybe you should have just stuck with that. But there's something that's like, yes, that's our big guy stepping up with Boston coming in. And he says, no, I want to face those guys. I want to help be a part of this. You're like, good for you, man. Love that. That's ace shit is what I called it on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it didn't go very good. Blue Jays find themselves down seven to two and have to claw back and claw back. And it was just a really frustrating game to watch. And again, it didn't end to like five o'clock. These... This used to be a thing that only happened at like Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park where these games were taking four hours. The Blue Jays are finding themselves in it a lot more too. And I guess 
I guess part of it is if you're going to win 9-8, there's going to be a lot of guys on base. There's going to be a lot of runs. It's going to take a while. But this took forever. And it even felt at the time, as you're watching it, like it was taking forever. Because it wasn't until the very end where the Blue Jays started to look like they were going to make it interesting. And uh, George Springer, you heard the in-park audio there off the top of the show. Uh, he hits a three-run home run in the bottom of the eighth to take it from 8-6 to 9-8. Jordan Romano has to get up and warm up quickly to come in and make the save. And even that didn't feel locked down. He struggled a little bit over his last couple of appearances, but this one, uh, he locked it down and, and, and got the, you know, with very little incident, um, you know, he looked pretty solid. So the Blue Jays end up going 9-2 and two on this homestand, picking up one game on Tampa, picking up one game on Oakland, and that's what this season's going to look like, guys. If they're going to climb back into this thing, it's going to be a grind and there's going to be days where you pick up a huge win like today where you didn't feel like you were going to. And then all of a sudden Baltimore who has Tampa down like five two, chokes that up and Tampa ends up winning nine two and you pick up no ground in the division. Those days are going to be there where your heroic victory that in theory is going to move you that much closer is met by someone else's heroic victory that has kept you just as far away. So that's one of the maddening parts about baseball. Uh, this team, though, you know, I, I, I've said it a couple of times. I wasn't getting the 2015 vibes like a lot of people were until kind of late in the week. It wasn't even right at the deadline. It was almost a week later when they started. Uh, they swept Kansas City. They took three out of four from uh, uh, from Cleveland. And you're like, man, I'm feeling this a little bit, right? It starts to look like it. And then even a split against Boston, it wouldn't have been disastrous this weekend, but it doesn't really help you much. And you're just sort of like, meh. But when they pull this one out on Sunday, end up taking three or four when you shouldn't have, it does start to feel like this team has a bit of a vibe, right? Like maybe they're going to take a run here. And you know, now it'll be for a one game wildcard playoff. Like we'll see if they can make that happen. Even if you get to it, it's still just a total coin flip. But this team is engaging. It's fun. Um, I should mention here, Vladimir Guerrero also hit his 35th home run of the season on August 8th. Uh, It was in his team's 110th game. Why does that matter? Well, in 1987, George Bell, you may remember the name, also hit his 35th home run of the season on August 8th, his team's 110th game, went on to win MVP. Uh, Also went on to hit 47 home runs that year. So that's sort of where Vladdy's tracking right now. Uh, I think MVP is going to be tough this year. A lot of people sort of in the mix for it. But some fun history there if you just want to be tracking along what pace he's on, where he's sort of at. And this is after a week where people were starting to question, I don't know. I don't know if Laddie should be hitting second. He might not be able to do that. Like, well, what are you talking about? He's following George Springer. He's being protected by Simeon and Teo behind him. Of course he can hit second. He's just having nobody tears off an entire season batting like 350 at this point anymore. You have your little valleys. You have your little peaks. This was like five or six games. And everybody's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he should only be hitting third or, 
you know, I don't know if he can handle this thing hitting second. You're like, he's still literally standing at the same plate, swinging at the same pitches from the same pitchers. Maybe he just chill out a little and trust that he's going to get it done. And, and there he was a big part of this on, uh, on Sunday, getting his 35th of the home, uh, home run on pace for 47 and maybe, you know, stay on track with George Bell and get that MVP award. That'd be kind of cool too. So fun weekend for the Blue Jays. They're heading out West. They have the Anaheim Angels this week, um, and it's going to be some late games. But there is one mercifully, uh, there's a doubleheader on Tuesday. So with the time change, this game, at, I believe it's 6 o'clock and then 10 o'clock. So, um, you know, if you're not one of those people who can stay up late, like our pal Michaela, uh, you can at least catch the uh, afternoon game in Anaheim. It would be a 3 o'clock start. There will be a 6 o'clock start here. And uh, yeah, you know. We'll see what they can do against Anaheim. Anaheim, not very good right now. Like kind of a mediocre uh, middle-of-the-pack team. And, and these are teams that the Jays are going to have to keep winning series against. Like, if they're going to make this up, these are teams you're going to have to beat up. Uh, there's another thing on the Blue Jays before we move off of this that I wanted to touch on. And it's really more to do with Sportsnet and the broadcast. Look, this is going to be unpopular, but so be it. Because it it's not... Man, it's it's weak. Uh, the Blue Jays are still dealing with some issues at the border. And, you know, what's going on with their employees and their players and, and players coming in. That was negotiated with the Major League Baseball uh, Players Association. But they have staff issues. So I just want to point something out today because this broadcast today on Sunday was really subpar. Um, and I almost never say that. I really like Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle on the panel. Um, really any combination. I, I, You guys know he's been on the show before. I am a huge Dan Schulman fan. I think he's one of the best in the business. But even when it's not him, I'm not really as down on Buck and Pat as a lot of people are. I, I'm fine with that broadcast. But I think we need to take a look at what happened today, where there were countless times where the audio wasn't matched up with the video. Lots of people were talking about this on Twitter. We've seen it actually over the last several games since they got back to the dome. And really we saw it a lot early in the season, but we need to break down why this is still happening. Um, so last Friday on July 30th, the blue Jays are allowed to come home and they are allowed to play at the dome and in the stadium on Friday night, uh, Dan Schulman is doing play-by-play. Dan is a Canadian citizen, um, actually lives in the Toronto area, and so no surprise he's able to do that. Pat Tabler, the color guy, is not. He's an American citizen, uh, but he is employed by the team, and he is allowed to cross the border because he's double-vaxxed, and he's allowed to come and do this. So they call the Friday, Saturday, Sunday games at the Dome, just like you would in any non- COVID time, right? This is the way that they've always done it. The broadcast runs beautifully. On Monday, Dan disappears back to his duties with the CBC, where he's been helping out uh, during the Olympics. So he's been unavailable this week, calling Olympic basketball games, some of them in the middle of the night, um, just not conducive to also being able to be in studio and call Blue Jay games and, you know, unless he's prepared to just give up sleep for six or seven days. So Dan disappears. In theory, that should mean Buck Martinez returns to the play-by-play spot and works with Pat Tabler. 
Instead, they send Pat Tabler back home to the U.S. And they return to doing the games by monitor, um, you know, remotely. Like we've had so many people on talking about this, right? Mike, uh, Ray Ferraro, when he was on, talked about calling NHL games remotely. Dan Schulman earlier in the season saying he was in a studio in Toronto having to call the games when the team was in Buffalo or Dunedin or whatever it was. Um, that's what the industry had sort of had to do. Well, why was it that we were allowed to have a play-by-play team on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but not Monday through the next week once Dan disappeared? Well, I don't think it takes an awful lot of imagination to understand why Pat Tabler, fully vaccinated, was able to cross the border and call games, and Buck Martinez wasn't. I think we can take a pretty good guess at why Buck wasn't allowed to come into Canada and why Pat was. So instead of, and, and this is Sportsnet, they, they, man, there's commercials all over the place about being the you know most watched Canadian sports network and all kinds of stuff. Chris Cuthbert on their staff. Now Chris is getting a little older. He's on summer vacation, but on staff in their stable works for Rogers has called a pile of Blue Jay games over the year, especially back in the, uh, in the CBC days. RJ Broadhead back in the day was sort of the, the fill in guy when someone wasn't available. He would, he's called a couple of Blue Jays games. Is it his principal job? No, but has he done it? Can he do it? Yes. Jamie Campbell is sitting at the panel spot for years. He was the play by play guy. He could call a game if you had to for a week or two while you're waiting for Dan to get back. Why are we getting a shitty non-synced up internet stream of a broadcast because somebody isn't capable of coming up and doing their job? It's bullshit. You don't have to get vaccinated. No one can force that upon you. But if your job description involves you, you know, having to go somewhere that requires a vaccination, now it's a different conversation, isn't it? And I don't want to spend all day digging in on Buck Martinez. If he doesn't want to do it, maybe he has a reason not to do it. Uh, Who knows? What I do know is that you are Rogers Sportsnet. You have other play-by-play guys surely somewhere Within the country, there is someone who can do play-by-play on a baseball game that doesn't leave the broadcast lagging behind so you can call it from home. I'm sure of it. Ben Wagner, all year you made us sit through shitty radio broadcasts that were actually TV broadcasts saying, well, this is, it's actually fine. Ben Wagner, now that they're allowed in Toronto, is back in the radio booth. Put him on the TV side and go back to calling this terrible hybrid. There are other people who can do this. You don't make your entire audience watch a substandard broadcast for one person. It's ridiculous. I can't believe we're even having this conversation when they were on the road before last year, especially in the 60 game season broadcasters weren't allowed to travel. 
and everyone was doing these from remote locations, you put up with it because you have to. We're all living in a world where nothing's perfect. You get by with what you can. It doesn't have to be that way now. This is someone's choice. And you're catering to it. I might be getting a little worked up here. Maybe more than I should be. And it's possible that this isn't just about baseball. I may not be in love with how much one side is being catered to for not uh, taking part in something we're all supposed to be doing. That may be trickling in here a little bit, I'm willing to admit. But I find it ridiculous that now that we have the option to have people in studio or in the building, in the stadium, calling games properly, going back to a normal broadcast like we've all watched for decades, and we're choosing to do the worst version because our play-by-play guy can't come into the country. Are you kidding me? That's in, that's a decision made by Rogers Sportsnet. That wasn't forced upon them. That wasn't, you know, something they couldn't control. They decided that's what they wanted to do. And like I said, it was acceptable when they had to do it. We don't have to do it now. So do it right. When the Blue Jays go back on the road this week, like I said, they'll be out in Anaheim. They're not allowed to have a broadcast team travel with them. So whether it's Buck Martinez doing play-by-play or Dan Schulman doing play-by-play, it will be done off a monitor because that's what's mandated. The league is forcing all teams to do that. The road broadcasters aren't traveling. Fine. I'm fine with being cautious. I I've, have been all along. I've been accused of being overly cautious. That's fine. The home broadcast shouldn't look like this anymore. And I'm telling you, there were countless times where it was... Ah, swinging a belt. You're like, yeah, that was eight seconds ago. We've heard it. We've seen it. You're behind. Or somehow he ends up ahead and the video's behind. We don't have to do this anymore. We can go back to doing it properly. Dan Schulman, and like I said, this is out of their control when they're on the road. But now that they're back home, uh, or when they come back home, Dan Schulman will be back in the stadium. And I assume Pat Tabler will join him and be in Canada at the Sky Dome uh, because he's free to cross the border. Um, that's what's going to happen for home games. I did see Dan Schulman tweet that he will be calling uh, the overwhelming majority of the remaining home games. It's great. Good. Because I don't want to ever see that again. But understand that the piss poor broadcast you got this weekend was by choice. That was Rogers Sportsnet catering to one person and we decided that a million viewers will get a poorer broadcast because we can't be bothered to have someone else take over and and do play-by-play live in the building. We're coming to a point here, people. I know you know it. Lots of employers are about to have to make uncomfortable decisions about who they want in their building, how they want to handle things, who they're willing to offend. And maybe it's as much as their customers, right? Maybe it's their customers who revolt and say, well, 
if you're going to cater to them, I won't be there because I think that's unsafe. Or you cater to your customers that are saying that, and then your employees who don't want to be vaccinated are upset. We're going to see some uncomfortable things here. And you just watched one of them this weekend on the Rogers Sportsnet broadcast. They chose, and this time, they did not choose their consumer. They were willing to let you watch a broadcast well below major league quality so that one person could stay in his basement, uh, was able to do it on his terms. I hope that is not a sign of things to come. I think that's it for this one, guys. Got a little fired up there towards the end. Remember at the beginning when I said you weren't getting grumpy, Matt? (laughs) He showed up a little bit towards the end. Uh, but that's okay. As I'm getting ready to wind this down, I can almost see the lake from here, which means I can almost hear the thunder and see the rain and whatever that is almost certainly going to accompany me down to the lake, at least for the first week. But, uh, that's, that's the plan. This has been fun guys. I, 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 I don't love necessarily doing these ones solo. I think it's better with a co-host, both Rob and Michaela bring their own things to the show every now and then you and I, we can just sit down and talk, right? And just have it out every now and then and, and see what's up. So, uh, we will wind this one down here. Like I said, I'll be back on Thursday morning. Um, Michaela Schreider will join me at that point. And, uh, hopefully by next Monday morning, Rob's got his issues worked out. Uh, I can also say that one of the last things I did before leaving the studio here was sit down and record one of the most enjoyable interviews I've ever done for this show. Uh, someone who is incredibly good at their job, very gracious with their time, uh, told wonderful stories. I was so happy to have gotten to do this and that it turned out so well, but I am going to keep it under my hat for just a little while longer. Um, I'm going to drop that for you in a week or two. And, uh, at the time I, I really believe you're going to enjoy it as well. Um, but I think that's going to be one of those things that when I do decide to take that week off, I've been hinting at you know, I can kind of drop that on the Wednesday cause it'll be done, right? It's already recorded. It's already edited. It's already put together. It's not much work for me. Uh, it'll just go out and you guys will be able to check it out then. But, uh, it was fantastic. So that was a really nice way to wind down the studio here for a little while. As was this, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at tall can audio, wherever you're listening right now, I hope you'll subscribe. Uh, my name is Matt Robinson and from the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, We say so long until next time. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.